Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've revealed yourself to us in it. You encourage us through it. You give us life and health in all of our flesh from your, your, your holy scripture, Lord, that we would forever hold it high and, and, and at the same time close to our hearts. Uh, bless us today as we worship you together in Jesus' name. So I'm going to read from uh, the, the three appearances of the nativity story in the four gospels, starting in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I've not known a man the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she is conceived in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. The birth of Jesus came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant. And give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have relations with her until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own hometown. Joseph also went up 
from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him tidily in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the city of David. A savior was born for you who is the Messiah in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem to see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart. And meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that light was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him. And yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me. Because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only son, who is himself God and is at the father's side. He has revealed him. 
Amen. Amen. Man, I've been so blessed to go through. Again, I, I love Advent, even though it for the preacher it can be a little bit, uh, again, tempting to be stressful in that. But as I just listen and follow him through the word as he's prepared my heart to approach uh, Christmas and handle this time, it's really been a blessing to go back through and think on how we should proceed through this time without being hurried, without allowing our hearts to be hurried or there's a word we say troubled. To not fall over into that frantic effort driven by guilt and fear and the feelings of inadequacy. That it's okay to be busy. It's not okay to be hurried. And to think through how it says here in John 1 that he came so that all who would receive him from him, they would receive the right to be called children of God. And that he became flesh and dwelt among us. What, what that means, why he came, how he came, and that he came in person, that he showed up in person for us personally. That, that's helped me to be more thoughtful this season. And so as I was going through this, as, as I was studying all of that, just kind of turning over in my heart and, and reflecting Yesterday, we were watching some old videos of the kids. We actually made them watch them before they opened presents um, of them opening presents, you know, from, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. That's the easy thing about the digital stuff now. It's just right there. And, and so much excitement from them opening those presents, so much Fun and, and it made me think, why do children get so much more excited about presents? I asked Hadley, she said she didn't know. But I thought on that, why do children get so excited about presents? And some of the things that, you know, again, watching younger Abby and younger Caleb open presents. They were much more excited than they even than they get now as they've gotten older. Luke's still in that really, really excited place. But I think one of the reasons is because it's something that's that's unexpected for them. They don't know what it's going to be. It's unexpected. So there's a little bit of a surprise aspect to it. It's a gift. It's not based on merit. It's not something that they earned. So there's that surprise. I don't know how big, how big is this going to be? How good is this going to be? This could be, I mean, their mind just goes all the way to the tip top of how awesome this gift could be. And then I also thought, how else are they going to get something good if we don't give it to them? Right? What hope does Kimber have of getting anything unless you give it to her? Right? She's little. She doesn't have a bank account, doesn't have a job, has no means to get anything for herself. She just doesn't, none of, the, none of the children do. That's their only hope of getting something awesome and, and fun and nice is for somebody else to give it to them, right? And that, I think they're also so young that they can't see the, the what I'd call the contractual nature of a gift. Because what do you feel like if somebody gives you a gift? Oh, I didn't get you anything. I should have got you something. And now I'm going to look at what you paid for what you got me and I'm going to try to even it out. Right. That's just what we think of. And we think so much more. When the kids start having less fun is when they start to realize how expensive certain things are. Because before that, and they have no idea, everything is just awesome. But when they start to realize, oh, you got me the generic one instead of the name brand one. Okay, I see, Dad. I got it. 
Right. We, we, we understand as we get older that there's more, you know, more of that stuff that's running in the background that we didn't pay attention to. And thankfully, we didn't pay attention to when we were kids. So it's unexpected. What, what's it going to be? It's a gift. It's not based on merit. It's not something that they earn. It's the only way that they're going to get something good is if somebody else gives it to them. And again, there's no contractual nature to it. Never have one of my kids said, oh, you got me all these presents. I should have got you more stuff. Right. They just sit and they enjoy what they've been given. And it's so much fun. So much fun. One thing we did notice in the videos, though, is that it's fleeting. It's like, remember when you were so excited about that? When you got that present, where is it at now? Maybe the trash, you know, maybe in a yard sale, maybe it broke, maybe it, it just didn't last. So it's, it's pleasant and there's pleasure in it, but it's also not permanent. And so I was thinking on this and during my normal devotional reading, I was in Galatians. It's not part of what I was studying, but just in, in Galatians and reading. And I read Galatians 1 and verse 3 and 4, where Paul is writing to the church there. And it's in his greeting. It's at the very beginning of the letter. And he says, grace to you and peace from God, the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. And I just lit up. This is those, those feelings, those moments of illumination. That's why I read the scripture is because he'll turn the light on on something and it just blesses me. This is Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us. That's also why I read the Bible often and, and throughout the years because it's going to hit you different at different times. I wouldn't have thought anything different about that if I had read it in, say, March or April. But here at, at Christmas time, when we're thinking about gifts and presents and things like that, and I read that He gave Himself for our sins to rescue us. And I read a little bit further. I was like, well, that, I don't know that I've ever noticed the way that's phrased right there. And I'm reading a little bit further because I had further to read in Galatians that day or that I wanted to read. And I got to chapter two and verse 20 in Galatians where Paul wrote, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I'm like, well, goodness gracious, this is in more places in the scripture. I'm going to look at is it anywhere else. And then I found it also in Ephesians chapter five and verse 20, where Paul wrote to that church. He said, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Walk in love as Christ also loved us, gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us. The son of God who loved me gave himself for me. And he said, imitate, imitate him, kids. Imitate him like you would if you were his children. Walk like him who loved us and gave himself for us. He gave himself for us to rescue those, of th those that he loved. 
in love he gave himself for us. Why do kids love presents? It's unexpected. They didn't know what it was going to be. It's not based on their merit. How else are they going to get it? They can't get it on their own. It ha- unless it's given to them, they cannot get it. They have no hope of experiencing it. And it's not contractual. You just as a child receive. You just receive and you receive with gladness. So when we think on what we've been given, he gave himself. He came when he didn't have to. He gave himself. He was born in a manger so that he could go to the cross. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this evil age. This I was telling Tim the, on the day before Christmas, so on the third, 23rd, yes, on the, on the night of the 22nd, I found a water leak at my house. I'm feeling really good. I've got all my Christmas rat killing done. I'm ahead of schedule and everything's going great. And I was like, the patio's a little bit wet. I'm going to sweep this water off. And I started sweeping it and I could never get done. Richard, I could never get done sweeping the water off. I'm like, I feel like I've swept a lot of water off of here. Well, there was water bubbling up out of the, from right beside the slab next to the house. And I'm like, this is not what you want. And so I text my uh, friend who's a plumber and he said, I'll be there in the morning. And we spent the first half of the day. He was looking for it. I'm following him around wondering how bad is this going to be? Right. Have you ever done that? You're, you're just whether you're taking your car to the mechanic, or you're taking your kid to the doctor or you, the plumber's coming. to look at, How bad is this going to be? How far does this go? How much is this going to do? How bad is this going to be? Which thankfully that ended up not being very bad. But I thought about it in the light of this. Our situation was as bad as it could possibly be. Our sinful state was as bad as it could possibly be. But Jesus, while we were helpless, without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. He gave himself. He is our indescribable gift of all that he could have given. Think about that. Of all that he could have given. What did we read in John 1? He's the creator. He made all of this. He can make so much more. All that he could have given. He could have given us all wings. He could have given us all $10 million. He could have given us all our own waterfall. He could have given us whatever. All that he could have given. Think about that catalog. This is bigger than the Sears catalog that he can go through. Like, What can I give you? Out of all that he could have given us, he gave us himself. He became flesh to dwell among us, humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant, the form that we wear. He gave himself even to death, even to death on a cross. Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us. The son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I'm to imitate him like I'm his child to walk like him because he loved us and gave himself out of all the things he could have given. He gave us himself. That's why we gather. That's why we sing. That's why we worship over the scripture. That's why we, we, we see each other so regularly around what he did because of what he did. 
when he quoted himself in John 3, said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus didn't come coerced. He didn't come just because he was following orders. We read in all those other places that he gave himself our great and indescribable gift. And that's the miracle, the majesty and the mystery of the incarnation. All it accomplished when he gave us that great gift that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that he was like us, yet he was unique. He was like as the one and only begotten of the father so that he could give himself, that he could lay his life down for our sins. So when the angels said, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people for unto you this day in the city of David, a savior is born who is Christ the Lord. And they, the, the, the heavens filled with the armies of heaven, the angelic army and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. He came not to bring judgment and condemnation. He came to bring grace upon grace in all of his fullness. So, Andrew, I'm going to ask you to come. We're going to take communion together as we get ready to go. But I want to encourage you in that. Number one, the old, old story. And then in all the things he could have given us, everything that he had available to him, he gave himself. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And he gave himself for our sins. When our situation, if we were trying to measure it out, was as bad as it could possibly be. It was demolish the whole thing and start over type situation, right? It wasn't just, well, we'll cut this out, we'll replace this. It was, no, it was scorched earth prescription. It was, this has to be done away with. He gave himself for us. Amen. Amen. I want us to think on that. I'm going to... I think I can do it. Uh, serve this morning uh, communion where we can get ready to receive that together. And I want you to just be thinking on how can I receive this great and gracious gift like one of these kids would on Christmas morning. Like it was unexpected. Like I couldn't have got it on my own. I didn't have it available to me. See, that's why it's hard to really uh, uh, wow mom or dad normally, because mom or dad's going to buy their own stuff when they want it, right? Throughout the year, they're going to find their own stuff. If, if they want something, they generally go get it. That's what adults do. But the kids, they have no access to it. We had no access to what we needed, to what we wanted. And yet he gave it to us anyway. And it's not contractual. He's not looking for, I gave you this. Now, what did you bring me? Because he saw what we had to offer. He came to be like us so that he could give himself for us because he loved us. He gave himself to rescue us from our sins and from this evil age, which is still continuing.